I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to another edition of Alex McGarvey's Wrestling Daily right here on the Wrestling Daily YouTube channel. I am joined by Miss Dynamite herself, the hot take queen of the machine, the Rev Pro Lady. It is Steph Chase. <laughs> How are you? I'm great, Alex. I'm really excited uh, to be Miss Dynamite coming off that pay-per-view on Sunday. It's it's a wonderful time, a wonderful time to be an AW watcher. It really is. What a buzz that was. I mean, I haven't had the chance to really talk to you about it, right? Because our show's on yeah. Thursdays. But um, everybody, pretty much everybody with half a brain has been waxing lyrical about All Out and deservedly so. It's one of the most top to bottom pay-per-views I've seen in my lifetime. It's in the top five, I would say. Um, I don't know how I'd comprise that top five. But it's up there, Steph. Like in terms of magic, it had it, didn't it? Oh, absolutely! It's one of the top five pay per views I've ever seen, if not closer to the top three. Um, excellent matches, and the ending just total, total game changer. Like this is this is AW two definitely. Um, I feel like when AW started, you know, they said change the world and. At the end of this pay-per-view, it's like the world has changed and we're in it. it. It was so incredible. Really, really great show. And the the high from that, I think, has continued through to, to Dynamite last night. Yeah, and I've, talk, I've talked about this with Sat and SB3 this week, but I'll just give a brief overview. I think a major, major difference here is, I mean, AEW was already doing a great job of picking up talent in WWE that I thought was terribly misused, like Andrade, like Malachi Black, like Miro. Yeah. These are all guys I thought could do more, should have done more. And once they were released, AEW have taken them. And, okay, Andrade is kind of still getting out of the traps, but everyone else doing very well. Now, though, this is a case of, like, two of WWE's top guys, and they are. I know people will go, oh, Adam Cole's NXT, but he was the best thing they had. Yeah. And could have easily thrived on the main roster. This is two top WWE talents who have actively waited so that they could come and join, right? Like that, it's almost like they have wanted to get to AEW as opposed to the other way around. And this is the first signal of that. Two genuinely top tier world class talents saying, hey, I need to make, I see a better future for myself. I see having more fun. AEW is the company. And I think that's the game changer. It's not a case of AEW, you know, picking up what they can. Now we've got that. We've got Kevin Owens. Looks like he's going to be doing the same. 
uh, for all mm-hmm. intents and purposes in in about four months. That's that's a real game changer now. That the whole outlook has changed. It's like you said. It's like AEW has entered another phase. Yeah, I think with you know some guys that have come over, even someone like Moxley, you have the the kind of feeling of basically FF FWWE, you know, for what mm. they've done, that kind of thing. Cole and Brian are more like, oh, I had a great time there, but this is where I need to be, and that's even more damning. That's even better. They, yeah. Where when you have a job and you hate it, the decision to leave is just so easy, and you'll you might do anything to get out of it or or go wherever. Um, but when you have one that you really love, like the decision that you have to move on and and seek you know other horizons, that's a, a harder decision, and I think it's even more damning that they've they've gone over, and it's just I can't get used to Brian Danielson as we now call him being mm. on AEW. It's it's completely surreal, but you know, Brian Danielson is someone I, I would say, despite the success he had, was misused by WWE because they just never just wanted him in that top spot, and he's got a chance to do that now uh, in AEW. Adam Cole had a great, great run in NXT, and he didn't give them the chance to misuse him on that main roster. So it'll be interesting to see like the heights that he can go to with AEW. But it is like it's all, all aboard the AEW trade now. You know, I, I find fascinating. It's like, um, and this is one of the main things I like about AEW that no one's really talking about. Mm-hmm. But Sting is there like every week. Uh, Punk, yeah. thus, thus far, and he says he intends to be every week. Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson, same thing. And, and I, I always really disliked the whole part-time WWE deal. Right. And they had to do that because their live events are so like ridiculous that they thought, okay, yeah. well, we can offset that by saying you only have to be, but like, I always thought their product would be infinitely better if Brock Lesnar was there every week. Right. I don't, yeah. I don't buy into this whole, Oh, you got to keep them special. You know, it all depends how you use them. Right. Like it's not about how often you see them. I couldn't get enough of the rock and stone cold every week back in the day. Like, and I know it's like apples yeah. and oranges. So you can't make direct comparisons, but I love that about AEW. Like nothing's bigger than, aw at this stage you know what i mean like it's all about them being there week to week you know like tuning in yesterday top of the show and it's like okay and we're going to talk to adam cole and the elite later daniel bryan's gonna uh talk cm punk's out next i was like jesus christ do you know what i mean like you just think there's so much and that's how it should be you should be amped for like the whole show but with WWE, I mean, we can talk all day about how they just won't make stars. And the thing is, all they had left was people that will only do part-time appearances, people like Brock Lesnar, you know, putting them up there. So it's cool that, like, the people that AEW have, have got, like CM Punk and, and Brian Danielson, it's just great that they're like, yeah, we want to be here every week. We want to be a proper yeah. part of it. Uh, even having Sting there every week, it's wonderful. Jake makes a good point. Mick Foley did say it best. WWE is not the place where wrestlers want to aspire to work anymore. And that, and that is the main point, right? Like these no. guys, top talents, like Daniel Bryan in his prime, by the way, still. Yeah. Easily still one of the best wrestlers in the world. And, and he said, you know, I want to be in AEW. How many more are going to do the same? Kevin Owens, I think, is, is a given. You know, it's the same as yeah. Adam Cole. When everyone was going, oh, do we think, do you think Adam Cole's going to go? And my rationale was always like, I know it sounds obvious, but... He's such good friends with the elite 
and Britt Baker being his partner there, if the money's anywhere close, it's a no-brainer, surely. And I think that's going to be the same with Kevin Owens. These are like, you know, we all know the bromance of Kevin Owens and Adam Cole. Even if you even if you knew nothing but WWE, you would know that. And of course, they he's been in a group with the Bucks before. There's a long history. I think it's a given that he'll do the same. The, the more interesting news is who are going to be like the first people to re-sign with WWE? Like who, who are going to be the people to say, you know what? I don't want to test that waters because I think there's a whole bunch of talents like a Cesaro. That's a fascinating one to think about. Like Ada, Tony Khan might look at him and think, wow, there's a lot of things I could do with Cesaro. Um, yeah. You know, or does he kind of go, well, you know, I'm in the winter of my career. Maybe I stay. I think the only guarantees really and I could even be wrong on this. It depends how things change. But like, if it was tomorrow, I'd say like Reigns and Rollins will stay. Like, I just I hope so. <laughs> yeah, but I I just assume that they would. Uh, I mean, I would love to see Omega and Reigns, like much like Omega said um, yesterday. But again, I don't see it. I would see them two staying with WWE. The rest of them, I don't know now. Now the landscape shift as drastically as it has. I don't know. I think it's a totally different ball game. The next like year or two are going to be insanely insane to watch. Like because again, once the uh, dynamic on TV ratings and TV deals comes up and stuff, and it's you know AEW's roster against WWE will be like, oof. WWE are going to have to chuck some money around, Steph. And I don't know if that's going to be enough. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens is a really interesting one for me. Um, I love Kevin Owens and he has that whole indie background, ring of honor background. But what I always find about interesting with Owens, when I listen to interviews with him, like uh, the first time he was on talks Jericho, he was like such a WWE fan person that wanted to be there. And it's something that he's continually said. And if even he's making that decision now uh, that, AW is the place. Uh, it just kind of shows you the mentality because there are a lot of guys in WWE who are just super happy to be in WWE. And it's the old, I watched it since I was a kid. This was always the destination. And they're like unwilling to accept the changing of the world. But I think that once people, more people start doing it, and Daniel Bryan's a good example too, because, you know, we've talked before, before Daniel Bryan moved about how he should just go and do these things he wanted to do. But it was hard for Daniel Bryan with his family being tied up there. But even he's made the decision. Adam Cole's just a much easier one. I never thought Adam Cole would be dumb enough to stay but Daniel Bryan leaving say Kevin Owens leaves you know a lot of people are going to be changing their mentality and think about what's best for them but then you also have to think about who's a good fit for AEW as much as I really enjoy Roman Reigns I don't think he would be a good fit in AEW um mm-hmm. like at all really uh I think Cesaro's suffered way too much from his booking in WWE way more so than anyone else has like for so long um Seth Rollins, I don't think Seth Rollins will ever change his mentality. I think he's a WWE no. guy for life. I think he's, I think all, all the Kool-Aid in the fountain gets drunk up by Seth Rollins every morning. Like he's not leaving. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is interesting to see these changes. And I would love to see Kevin Steen in AEW so much. I think there's loads of ones like that. You know, like now we've got Brian Danielson again. And yeah. Kevin Steen is a possibility down the road, like a Prince Devitt. You know what I mean? Like there are those kind of indie historical backgrounds with the yeah. club and all that stuff that you think oh, I could see it. I really could. And and that kind of, and what's old is new in a way. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah, it hasn't yeah, been yeah. seen on the scale that it is. I think it's interesting. 
I would say, though, I mean, when a ship is sinking, everyone does want to jump off, but there won't always be enough lifeboats for everyone. So <laughs> Tony's going to have to, we'll have to make some decisions at some point, but there's some, there's some guys that are just a hundred percent like a Kevin Steen you would pick up. Definitely. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. And that was the yeah. same with Brian and Cole. Like you don't know. Yeah them you know the, the, some of the other names we've mentioned there they're ones where you start to go well, you know you, you have to think about it um and there isn't like infinite spots as as great as yeah. it's been thus far there is it's not infinite that, that they could just pick up everybody there is so yeah. i don't know it's a, it, it, I, I, i'm rooting for wwe to turn around i just don't believe in this incarnation that they're ever while they make the profits they're making and with vince at the helm I don't. I don't think he really sees the problems that we see. Which, uh, yeah, you know, that's it. We want the product. He's looking at the business, and that's that's what I think is the issue there. And it's not likely to be solved until their bottom line starts to get hurt. So again, we'll have to wait for those next TV deals, probably. Which is a shame. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, people like Roman Reigns, I find to be like the glimmers of hope. You know, like there are like three or four things on the WWE product whole that I think, oh, I like that. There should be a lot more in about seven hours of programming. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we should probably get into some titular news, which we've taken forever to do. Uh, but first of all, I do want to say we love hot takes here on this show. So make sure you get them in. WrestleTalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. Steph and I would love to discuss what's on your mind. So please do let us know. Um, also, you can become a member, as so many have done lately. We appreciate all you good eggs we're going to do some special things for you in the near future uh but also like and subscribe while you're here pretty please uh it's much appreciated helping the wrestling daily channel grow uh so yes with that being said the real reason we've already spoken about brian danielson but the real reason he joined aew now dave Meltzer uh has been talking about it and we'll get on to what he said about adam cole shortly but he says that uh, Brian got two offers, obviously WWE and AEW, and the money was similar, which I find to be kind of crazy. Uh, and both would have allowed him to do New Japan. We know this. Um, Brian was pushing for that to extend beyond just him. Typical Brian, to be honest. Uh, he wanted other talent to have that luxury as well. And it seems like that might have been something that WWE couldn't agree I, I think the other thing there is that wwe wanted to be the exclusive partner which also wasn't going to happen uh one of the things that was talked about making his decision this is Meltzer talking was what would be the best thing for the industry as a whole as opposed to what would be best thing for him perhaps probably in looking at the picture he may have felt like mcfoley did many years ago when he went to tna that the best thing for the industry is competition at a high level and mcfoley went to tna years ago for that reason the difference here being though is that mcfoley of course was he's basically done by the time he goes to TNA, like Ric Flair was and whoever else, you know, Foley just didn't, I I guess he was hanging on Brian very much in the prime, right? He still can go an extremely high level. So I don't think the analogy is completely the same, but Melsa goes on to say at the end of the day, I'm sure that he probably got along really good with Tony Khan, but he is a big Vince McMahon fan more than people really understand. He's a big fan of Vince. So it was not an easy decision. He goes on to talk about the family but he says Brian wanted to do something special in wrestling. I can buy that hook, line, and sinker. Can't you, Steph? Knowing uh, Brian Danielson from the interviews I've done with him, the guy is all about 
trying to push himself and do more. And and it's it sounds corny, but like for almost the greater good of wrestling. Yeah, um, I can see I can see all of this. I do wonder though if he if he wanted to go to AEW to like help the industry as a whole and you know make good competition. I'm not sure that that was the best thing for WWE, but I think <laughs> that you know what I mean. Like mm. uh, because AEW has such a great roster already, and they just brought in CM Punk, so. I don't really see how him going to WWE would him going to AEW would kind of help like elevate the whole industry because he's kind of left WWE without the the actual wrestling guy that people that really like wrestling tuned in to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so that bit, like, if I was him, that's certainly something I would say. Like, I did it to help everyone. Not sure if that logic <laughs> actually works when you truly think about it. But yeah, I, I think he just, he he went for many reasons, but I think the main one was to just have amazing wrestling matches with really great opponents, which is what he's going to do. Yeah, he wants to be a pro wrestler. He said it himself. Yeah. I, I think I, I don't know, maybe the logic would be that him leaving, you know, and AEW stacking the deck, it forces WWE out of their comfort zone, but that's wishful thinking, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. sticking with stick, sticking with Mel, so he had a lot else to say in the meeting with Adam Cole and Vincent Mann. One of the pitches, uh, and it says, uh, as far as Meltzer kind of speaks about it, the idea was to turn Keith Lee Hill okay and have Adam Cole be his manager, probably with a new name because you can't have two Coles. That's Jesus Christ. Described as a Leo Rush Lashley dynamic where Cole is the little guy hiding behind the big guy. Now, I've got to admit, when I first read that, I thought, no way. No way is that real. Like, Adam Cole, quite clearly one of the best wrestlers on the planet. And your pitch is, well, you know, hey man, why don't you just be the mouthpiece for Keith Lee and get, get some heat, brother? Like, I mean... Cole's great on the mic, of course. We know this, but come on now. You don't, I, I, the only thing that makes it, I guess, believable or something that Meltzer could concoct is just the whole Adam Cole being too little. And Vince's idea would be, well, I'll partner him with someone big. And that solves all issues. And I know people go, oh, well, maybe if you'd given it a chance, uh, you know, a la Kevin Nash and Shawn Michaels or... You know, almost and AJ doing it right now. It's like, people, please wake up. This is Adam Cole, a man who could walk onto your roster and have bangers with anyone and everyone. He could be the same injection that AJ Styles was, which was sorely needed for WWE back in 2016. You don't say, oh, well, we're going to give you a new name. You know, we have to make something new. Like, people know he's Adam fucking Cole. Like, just, there's so much to unpack with this idea. Now, I'm, I think it's incredible that if if this does turn out to be true, and honestly, I don't know that it is, the BS on my arm, I'm going to put it in the middle because I really don't know. It's like half believable, but half crazy. Um. No, I, I'm surprised Adam Cole was nice enough to be like, yeah, I love, yeah, it was great. It was a great meeting. I'm surprised he actually sat there and thought, I can't believe how insulting this is. Like it, To me, it's madness, Steph. One of the most valuable people 
in the industry. Vince might not know that, but he is. He's you've got two weeks to convince him. Right? I need I need to throw out all the stops to keep Adam Cole in WWE. Here's an idea. Be Keith Lee's manager. What is that? Well, firstly, I think this is totally believable because <laughs> if like Vince is just out of touch. He's so out of touch and his product is so, so bad. And like as long as he's in charge creatively, it's never going to change. Yes, Roman is very good, but the, the rest of it is terrible. It's just guys being it's, misused. and it's, it's worth noting that character came directly from him and Paul, as opposed to the WWE machine. You know what I mean? So, like... You can't even give you can't even give WWE that is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Right now, um, I mean, people will say, oh, this is great for like everyone, you know, what a great time for wrestling fans. And I'm always like, it's a great time for AEW fans, but like WWE is still terrible. One guy being good doesn't mean that it's a watchable program. You put all of Roman segments together and you get like, what, a good five minutes um, Mm. on seven hours of television, as you said. But it's not just that he's out of touch with fans, what people want. His whole height thing is stupid. He's out of touch with reality on that one when you look at legitimate sports anyway but he's also out of touch with what wrestlers want wrestlers want to wrestle and they want to be wrestlers they don't want to be a part of a a variety show like this isn't the muppet show that they want to be one of the characters in like they want to be actual wrestlers and that's why daniel bryan left so to take a guy like adam cole um who's been in ring of honor who's been doing great things at nxt who's been like Adam Cole's NXT matches have been around the 30 
minute mark and sometimes that has been not for the best but that's how much mm. this guy wants to wrestle that he's pushing these iron man matches you know every every nxt takeover so vince is like hey hey little fella hey hey little wrestling fellow why don't i make you a manager you know because you're so small like what is he thinking so i i think it's totally believable vince is just out of touch it's just the, the empire is crumbling <laughs> <laughs> I, I think like, I can I can believe it. I just don't want to believe it. Um, I, I honestly think that's stupidity of the highest level. I know who am I to say the great Vincent Man is stupid, but if that was but honestly, we but we can we can. I mean, there's so much where people have to say like um, preface everything with saying Vince McMahon is a genius, but. Vince McMahon had a very good creative period for, and he managed to stay on top for quite a while, but it like these things end and people's run of great ideas end. And I, I don't, is he a genius anymore? No, he he's, he's not. He's a guy that's not smart enough to let go of the reins um, of his own company, which he's killing from the inside with this bad creative. And yeah, yeah. the record profits, record profits, record profits won't last forever, especially when when people that like wrestling see that there's an alternative out there. Yeah, it's just staggering. Like I, I don't. If again, I, we're not privy to the whole meeting, so we don't know if like this was the big idea or one of many. I, I don't know, but <laughs> I hope it wasn't it, the main idea. <laughs> yeah, but if this was like the main pitch, honestly, I think that's stupid. Like immensely stupid. Uh, no, I can't. I can't even begin to imagine. Anyway, that's the kind of stories behind uh, that Meltzer has released on Brian and Cole, uh, who have now obviously, of course, joined AEW. So let's talk about AEW. We're going to get into that in a second, but we do have a couple of ultra chats in the chamber. You nice. guys can join that too. WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily. Have your thoughts on this show. Give us a thumbs up and subscribe while you're at it. I know it's nagging, but it needs to happen. Uh, right, let's go with David Evans. Hi, Alex and Steph. Alex, do you know whether there's any truth to the rumours that WWE wanted Adam Cole to be a manager? I should have read this earlier. As good as, as good as he is on the mic, I find it hard to believe that anyone could look at Cole and think that would be the best use for him. Uh, David Evans says, also, Steph... Kudos on your performance on Cinemania last week. Hopefully a positive sign for Quizzlemania War Games when the time comes. <laughs> Go on, Steph. Cinemania was lots of fun. Cinemania was really, really good. Yeah, I Check enjoyed it, it out. Check it out if you haven't, guys. Check it out. I am, um, I, I, again, like, I, I've, anyone that I spoke to today, like, didn't know. I think only if you're in the meeting, do you really know? Or if Adam Cole has said, I don't know. I don't have those connections to hand i'm afraid vince bruce or adam cole so um yeah i don't actually know as i say i could believe it i, I i'll be very sad to learn that it's true but you know having said that <laughs> i saw someone said this on the chat earlier um the revivals meeting before they left and the, the gimmick that was pitched to them mm, makes me makes me believe that it could yeah actually be true but, you know, and also look at Karrion Cross. If someone said, yes, yeah, so what they're going to do, they give him like a gimp mask. I'll be like, no, no, they're not. Nobody would have said that. Look at him. So, yeah, it's all, it's all plausible when you actually break it down. Uh, thank you, though, David. We appreciate 
your ultra chat. We also have one from JPJ Loves Wrestling. And he says, what about Xavier Woods? Part of one of the most historical groups in the history of WWE. That's just what some of his closest friends let go or leave. He is super intriguing to me for what he does, about what he does when the time comes. I think there's no actual secret. And this comes from both sides. Like the New Day and the Elite would be something that they they would love to make happen. So in a world where that could happen, great. A lot would have to happen, though. Like, I don't know if the New Day's deals are all aligned. Probably not. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm going to assume they're not. Um, Big E is just about to get his run, it looks like. You know, don't hold your breath, but he looks primed for it. Uh, I don't know. Xavier on his own? I, I mean, again, I think guy's amazing um ta- you know, ultra talented charismatic great talker great underrated worker in the ring if you slotted him into AEW tomorrow he would do great he would have great matches with, with a lot of the great talent i, I don't know about you Steph, but i kind of see the new day as wwe life as a little bit like they're so ingrained into you know the new day is like a part of the fabric of the machine at this point like they've done so much with them I do understand, you know, the party breaking up, you know, Tyler Breeze and Adam Cole and all of you know, I, I, I get it, but I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like New Day are too WWE. I could be wrong. I think so too. They're very ingrained with everything they do. They're just doing a Netflix show with The Undertaker. Um, so, yeah, they, they're very much, the New Day are very much um, wrestlers that have, They've had a great run as characters, but not that great as wrestlers because they haven't been like Big E. This whole Big E push thing is just... It's taken forever. Uh, I, it's It's got to the point where like, I would love to see him get a push, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, maybe this push should be given to someone that's less tenured on the roster because this is taken forever at this point. I feel like he's kind of past, you know, people him having like a, a believable really good title run like they've just wasted him but i think the new day are very much wwe like there's a, a big investment there with all the merchandising and everything they do i stay on the Big E train forever this is no secret i'm ready for the title run when it happens um i do agree though um I mean, if he, if he hadn't have won Money in the Bank, I would have been going, seriously, what the hell was going on? Because this yeah. whole like solo push has been going on for ages. And now all they're doing with Big E is occasionally he pops up on SmackDown. He's like, ah, 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 with his briefcase in Paul Heyman's face. Yeah. And you're like, okay, but like that's, that's, that's it. He's not really doing much else. Um, and I love Big E. And I honestly believe he's got all of the attributes to be a top, top guy in WWE. But again, like the you're you're not wrong, the train is kind of passing the moment by. That yeah. it's one of them I felt like when it, there was so much buzz around when he first went solo. And like Kofi Mania was an amazing thing and I would love to see like Xavier Woods get a king of the ring and stuff. I just don't know if WWE <clears throat> you can't trust them. Anyway, uh thank you again for that lovely Lovely ultra chat. Remember, guys, you can have your say as well. WrestleZort.com forward slash wrestling daily. Let's get on to Dynamite at the halfway point here. Uh, and uh, yeah, as, as I mentioned to you earlier, Steph, it was a stacked episode. Mm-hmm. So let's do yes. uh, 
let's go chronological, right? Let's okay. do that like we usually do because we start off with Justin Rhodes and Malachi Black. Uh, this is obviously the longest we've seen of Black in an AW ring. I was actually mildly surprised that Dustin got as much as he did. Um, but still, Black over strong in the end um, with, you know, the Black Mass and the ring post. That was kind of, you know, alluded to earlier in the match. And it looks like we're getting Cody again. Uh, is it Arthur Ashe that's going down? Cody and yeah. Malachi Black. So the story goes on. Uh, and hopefully this is going to be another Black win. Yeah, um, I thought this was a really great opener. Dustin is awesome. He's kind of underutilized guy still. Uh, he's just so good. Malachi Black has been great. Uh, he's someone I was very nervous about coming into the company, but he's proved me wrong. I just wish he'd take the makeup off. But other than <laughs> that, he's really, really um, fantastic. Uh, we're surprised to see later in the show them just put up that graphic because... Yeah. Yeah, like, no, nothing else. It's like, okay, Cody's coming back. I would not hold my breath of Malachi Black winning that much, but he absolutely should. He absolutely has to win it. He has to literally just do what he did to Cody the first time and, and walk off. Um, yeah, but really great opener. Uh, now I'm just worried that Malachi Black's going to lose the Arthur Ashe. I still want Dustin Rhodes to go after the NWA title at some point because I just feel like the yeah that'd be so people, good people would love that you know given the history of his dad and I'd also like to see Dustin and Cody in the tag tag division because um I feel like the Rhodes boys like fans have a lot of equity in that and obviously the amazing moment after double or nothing the first one ah I don't know I, I and I think maybe for Cody that might be better too like let him lose to Malachi Black here and then let's just let them two have a story, right? Where they chase, you know, I don't, I'm not saying they win the belts, but maybe they just chase them and it gives Cody something else to do rather than just be the gatekeeper of AEW or something for a while. And, and again, he can't go after the world title. So they've kind of narrowed what Cody can do. I wouldn't mind seeing a tag run. It'd be more Dustin. We hardly, we hardly see Dustin these days. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think everyone would win on that equation. Speaking of everyone winning, CM Punk was out to speak next. And basically, he said, uh, yeah, I don't know what's next. What do you guys think? <laughs> and everyone was like, uh, uh, Moxley, I guess, because we're in Cincinnati. And Punk was like, uh, what do you think, Linda Pillman? Uh, I don't know. There was a lot going on with uh, CM Punk, but he was confronted by Taz, which led to what I found a bloody hilarious back and forth because Taz sounded flustered as anything. CM Punk was like, no, I didn't even say that. He's like, yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Because Punk didn't actually bring up anyone from Team Taz in the ring. And um, and Taz was going, yeah, yes, you did. And Punk was going, no, no, I didn't. Uh, and then Taz goes, yeah, but in interviews. And then Punk was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> so I found it very, very funny. Um, anyway, Taz did recover. And Hook came out to look menacing, Steph. Um, mm -hmm. and powerhouse Hobbs because of course they were up next but that was kind of teased as the next direction for CM Punk Team Taz, be it Ricky Starks, powerhouse Hobbs maybe Hook I don't know um, it's interesting though because powerhouse Hobbs is like two in the rankings so yeah. he actually would be a massive scalp for CM Punk to climb quick to the bigger matches you want to get him to get to I think it actually makes a, a world of sense yeah, I think this would be very good um, 
feud. I think that Taz is, they need someone to go back and forth in the mic with Punk. That's what he didn't have when he was with Darby. Taz be great at that. This segment in itself, though, was pretty bizarre. Um, yeah. It, like, well, one big problem, the only problem with this show, like really the only problem was that someone did not work out the timing right at all. And we'll get to that at the end. But that someone <laughs> made a big mess up here. And this punk thing, they had given a lot of time to you. And he seemed like he had to go out there and fill a lot of time. I felt like he was ripping off my RevPro gimmick by just uh, talking about the card and what's happened. I was like, wow, we've uh, got this later on tonight. Yeah, this, huh? that's what I do at RevPro. And I, and, and I tell you what, what went on like at the last show, but he was doing all that. Um, then talking to Linda Pelvin and stuff like that. So you just kind of like Boris is going, asking the crowd who like they want to see. Of course, they're going to say Moxie, but really anyone. And yeah. then Taz, firstly, when he started talking before he actually stood up, he was talking on the commentary to JR. <laughs> and I honestly thought that was a mistake. Like that yeah, something had happened. And JR was being like, sit down, sit down. Like I did not think that was part of a bit. And then when he got up there, it... It was very realistic, but I don't know if they had said, let's make this super realistic, or if there was just both kind of a bit of a miscommunication of what to say and yeah. when to say it. Um, they talked over each other a lot. I really think that Hook is going to be a huge deal. I know he's a bit of an internet meme that people laugh at, but I think they're holding this boy back for a reason. Um, and he it's going to be great. I don't think Punk's going to fight Hook, though, sadly, yet. Powerhouse Hobbs would be a great opponent for him. Ricky Starks would be really good too if we can ever get them both away from Brian Cage. But yeah, I think that they've picked Team Taz because of Taz himself and they'll be a good yes. promo. And Team Taz have suffered so much recently because of this feud within the group that I don't think they ever should have done. And I don't think anyone should have ever made Brian Cage babyface at all. Just doesn't work. And we'll get to it later in the show, but we're still in this Team Taz feud that has really just watered down Team Taz because it's it's as if every show there's like a 10 second segment where Team Taz is like hey we're still here and yeah. we really don't like Brian Cage and it's just like what was this an eight up they were a really good strong faction beforehand so I think Punk will, will reignite them for sure yeah I, normally like if you if you'd make a split of that and you're like okay well, we're gonna push this person baby like there's something for them I don't know what it is for Brian Cage like what where are they pushing him to do you know what I mean? Like, no. uh, is he going to dethrone Miro? I don't think so. No, I mean, he's I, not. I mean, I'm I'm down to watch the match of two big, two big bastards, but I don't think he's dethroning Miro. He ain't going after the world title. So, like, why have you pulled the trigger? I, I don't know. I've, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, but I like everyone involved in terms of like Ricky Starks and Hobbs, and yeah. uh, I think you're I think you're right with I think you're right with Hook. Like. Mm -hmm. There's a reason they keep featuring him, but not using him. It's like he's being saved for so like the, the, when he actually finally does something, right? Like even 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 yesterday, we'll get onto this in a second. Dante Martin and Powerhouse Hobbs. Even yesterday, when he just hops up onto the apron, the crowd's like, "Oh, like is he going to do something?" Do you know what I mean? Like there's that yeah. there's that buzz of like, "Oh yeah!" And when he finally does, you know, he better be good, right? Because everyone's like, "Jesus, hook." Um, so I I'm really I, if it if it's intentional, and I have to believe it is, I'm really excited to see what the eventual angle is for Hook. But anyway, as I just mentioned there, Dante Martin 
and powerhouse Hobbs Renex with Hobbs getting the victory, keeping his status at the top of the rankings or near the top. What did you make of it, Steph? Really good. Um, Dante is awesome. Um, really just one to watch guy. Uh, he's in a great little position doing these one-off matches while his brother recovers. It's really going to help raise the t- their tag team stock. Um, I thought uh, it was just an interesting mix of like two different guys with Dante, high flyer, powerhouse Hobbs, a powerhouse that Dante was trying to get off his feet while Hobbs was trying to get, keep Dante on his feet. Best spot absolutely was hook ducking. Um, <laughs> as Dante went over the ropes. Uh, I do think powerhouse Hobbs looked like he got rocked at the end there. He looked a little loopy as the match finished so i hope he's okay but very very good match and dante is becoming a very very reliable guy and powerhouse hobbs as much as brian cage should not be a face powerhouse hobbs is a great heel yeah um i mean i think a blind man could see dante martin has immense upside um and like you said just maximizing the opportunities while his brother's injured he looks like someone who's going to be a tremendous star for the company. Um, and I'm a big fan of Hobbs too. So a win-win yeah. here. An intriguing matchup. They both come out looking good. Uh, up next was MJF talking. Again, something, you know, we I talked about how stacked the show was at the beginning. But of course, coming off the Jericho loss, MJF came out. He was fired up. Uh, he, he was fuming. Uh, and then he insulted Linda Pillman for some reason was a strong protagonist in this episode of Dynamite. Um, and he insulted her and the other members of the Pillman family um, before Brian Jr., of course, said, hey, now, hey, now. Um, so basically, yeah, that's that's where we're going, MJF. And I see him tweet about Pillman as well. And um, Wardlow was maybe the star of the segment, decimating people for MJF. Uh, what did you make of of this step? Especially coming off the Jericho angle. Yeah, well, with MJF losing to Jericho, he had to come out and just get his heat back. And he did this with one heck of a heel promo. This was mm. uncensored stuff. I'm he not gonna I'll not go into everything he said because I don't want to get us <laughs> censored. But he said some pretty bad stuff uh he definitely relied on the fans having seen dark side of the ring and knowing about brian pillman's family which it seemed like everyone had so that was yeah. good. linda pillman great guest star uh his sister Brittany, get great guest star brian just said on twitter that his sister's now in labor so mjf's oh, promo wow. um yeah yeah <laughs> caused her to, to have contractions afterwards so that, that's interesting but he went in hard and when brian pillman came out i really I like Brian Pillman, but when he came out, I felt like, okay, you're no match for MJF, though, in in any way. And it turned out he wasn't because he did get beaten down. Wardlow was great. However, MJF had insulted Wardlow um, before that, saying that Wardlow was no help on Sunday, so he should just stand and look pretty. Um, I think he got involved a little bit too quickly because I think he should have just left MJF once Griff Garrison came out for just a couple of beats longer because he had just been insulted. Uh, however, all in all, good segment. We'll see what happens in Rampage because he's going to go up. Pillman's going to go up against Max Caster. So hopefully he'll mm. get a win in front of his hometown crowd because it is bad to be beaten up in front of your whole t- hometown crowd. But biggest match, you know, for Pillman to go um, up against MJF and Arthur Ashe. I think that MJF needs a really strong feud after Jericho. Um, a lot of people thought maybe he'd be the guy for Punk. We're two months away from the next pay-per-view. So this is a nice little 
um, like side road here for MJF. Um, yeah. It will do something for Brian Pillman. Yeah, I think it's cool. You know, it's a couple of weeks to go there. You can do a tag between the two or then a singles, call it a day. And, and everyone, everyone's hopefully a winner at the end of it. Do you, do you think MJF is next for Punk? I don't know if he's next. I don't know if he's next. He needs to, he, it has to be a big feud for a pay-per-view, I think. So, yeah, maybe fight for the fallen, but maybe not, like, maybe revolution, because it has to be, like, weeks and weeks of building up Punk and, yes. and MJF. It, it cannot be, like, a month even. It has to be a lot, and... He he's he'd just be great for Punk to go against because he's so unlikable and everyone mm. loves Punk and uh yeah they'll promo really well together. But MJF he needs to have something big in his future because he's coming off this feud with Jericho. He might have lost it, but it was one heck of a feud. Here's a question. Um mm-hmm. how long until Wardlow MJF? Maybe that could be fight for the fallen. Oh, uh, not fight for the fallen. Uh, Fighter fest. I could think see that's that. Near yeah. Because the Brian Pillman feud is so not a proper long term feud. It's not his so next probably, one. Yeah. It's a one match feud. So if Wardlow does something there to cause MJF to lose, be a great win for Brian Pillman. And I don't think MJF would lose anything by losing again, especially if it leads him to a showdown with Wardlow, the breakup there, and then. Then we have a new single star in Wardlow, don't we? Exactly. But then where do you plug him in? There's so where many different places right in? now. I know. <laughs> but again, like Wardlow and Miro kicking the crap out of each other. I could mm-hmm. I could get behind it. Um, uh, who knows? Anyway, moving along. Ruby, I, I couldn't believe when they booked this match. Ruby Soho and Jamie Hayter were up next. And of course, uh, Soho, having won the Casino Battle Royale all out, was the number one contender to Britt Baker. Hazer being the quote-unquote muscle for Britt Baker. It made a lot of logical sense. But it is um, Jamie Hayter's first proper singles on a Dynamite, if I'm not mistaken, since <laughs> signing with the company or re-signing, either or. Um, and yeah, it was decent outing. Uh, I mean, it's one of those where I looked at it and I was like, oh man, but neither of them could do with losing, right? But mm-hmm. um I suppose if someone had to win, you, you're going to make it Soho because it's just she's just joined and she's meant to be the next challenger. So I understood what happened here. What did you make of all of it? I just wouldn't have booked this match, to be honest. Um, yeah. Britt Baker, she has Rebel, and that's quite the comedy thing. Rebel doesn't win anything. Then she brings in Jimmy Hater as a heater, and Jimmy Hater is someone that you could absolutely do a win streak with. Um to eventually cause tension between her and Baker. And that seems to be not what they've done at all. They put her in that tag match um, where she sacrificed Rebel. That was a loss still. And then they've done this. So it's like your heater has already beat your next challenger. That just doesn't seem great at all. Mm. Because because Jamie is like, she's bigger than Brit. She she looks really imposing and dominant. Yeah, It's like, well, okay, Ruby Soho, who 
is quite a bit smaller. If she can beat Jamie, then surely she can beat Brit. I I wouldn't have booked her like this. I would have had her do a massive a massive win streak um, eventually, leading to a showdown with Brit. Yeah, I mean Jamie Hayter, her her body is really impressive, like her physique yeah. and stature, uh, and the work is there in the ring as well. It's like I, I I don't I don't doubt there's more for her in the future, right? And this is just to yeah. have her on TV in a role and eventually she'll turn on Brit and they'll fall out, I assume. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. As part of this story, it did feel a little bit like, eh, I don't know. Uh, you know, there was obviously the aftermatch stuff where Baker tried to stomp onto the uh, AEW women's title on Soho. Rio made the save for some reason. Um, yeah. But quickly found herself outnumbered. And then Chris Statlander only made the save with a steel chair. Um, the alien to the rescue. I, I, I don't, I mean, I assume this is just that everyone doesn't like Britt Baker. <laughs> like, that's the reason why. Um, but yeah, there's some developments in the women's division. Uh, next up was a six man tag. Uh, you know what? It was nice to see the pinnacle together again, um, mm-hmm. do, doing their thing. Uh, and also against the Dark Order, we had Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and John Silver. Smash Bros. John Silver. Um, the Pinnacle one, which, yeah, it's kind of where Dark Order are, isn't it? It's kind of what they do. Uh, yeah. But after the match, Steph, I, I, I've I, made no secret about this. I like Dark Order very much. I don't want to see tension in my dark. They're falling apart without Adam Page, damn it. What's going on with the Dark Order? Um, yeah, Anna Jay and Ty Conti. Conti sorry. Uh you know, kind of watched as this disagreement unfolded in the ring. And I don't know, what is it suggesting? Are we getting the end of the Dark Order already? No. Uh, I enjoyed Anna and, uh, and Ty looking like exasperated women when silly men fight. Uh, yes. Yeah. Very enjoyable. I don't think we're getting the end of the Dark Order. I think, obviously, when Adam Page comes back, that will reunite them. I don't think we're getting a new Dark Order leader, and I, I just don't like that conversation at all that people keep bringing up, especially when they throw names in there. So I think it's just going to be when Adam Page comes back, he sorts out their issues. But I do wonder, because the Dark Order is so popular, and they were so hot you know, during the summer when we still thought we were getting that Adam Page match. Um, I get why they're doing this. I'm not sure if they're going like a little bit too heavy and it like runs the risk of kind of lowering the love that people have for the Dark Order because when is Adam Page coming back? We don't actually know. And if he's not back for a while, I'm not sure how many more weeks we can endure with the Dark Order infighting um, against Mm. each other, really. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I've got some got some doubts. Um, I it's not like, as a Dark Order fan, it's just not really what I wanted to see. But um, yeah. if it goes somewhere, and I don't doubt Adam Page will come and save the day, and you know whatever. But I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Uh, anyway, as I mentioned earlier, Daniel Bryan, uh, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. Him and the elite with Adam Cole were meant to have a chat in separate segments, but it kind of ended up being in one. Um, Tony Schiavone welcomed the elite to the ring, and almost immediately, the Young Bucks introduced Adam Cole. Um, yeah, he was just doing braggadocious stuff, right? You know, talk about the, yeah. how the elite are great. Uh, Brian Danielson interrupted and face to face with Omega, which was a ooh, 
moment. Um, the American Dragon lay down the gauntlet for a match between them. Um, he grabbed hold of an armbar before the Elite jumped in. Uh, Jurassic Express, Christian Cage, Frankie Kazarian hit the ring. They fended off the heels. And they beat the hell out of Brandon Cutler. And we now know that Adam Cole's um, first match in AEW will be next week against Frankie Kazarian, the Elite Hunter, which is kind of nice. Um, it's and lovely. Also it'll be, yeah, and also it would be good. And it's, it was a good way for Christian to start as well. Um, so, I mean, a lot to unpack here. That's not really the way it works in AEW, is it? That Brian Danielson can just say to Kenny, hey, let's go. Um, not that I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Please, let me stress that I do. Um, I'm just intrigued how they're going to do it. Yeah, firstly, I thought this was a great performance by Adam Cole. The fans love him. He shut them down by being mean to Tony Schiavone, everyone's favourite granddad. That was really good. But I thought he came off like a proper superstar here to the point where... Uh, I- I thought he came off better than Kenny to say that he's not the leader of the faction. Uh, I really enjoy Kenny. Kenny goes into Goofy a lot and you either love it or you hate it. It's very Marmite. And to see Adam Cole up against him, like the way he presents himself, um, he already looked like the leader of the group um, on his first proper appearance. I like Daniel Bryan coming out and just asking for the match basically because he is Daniel Bryan and as much as we keep being CM Punk in the background, Daniel Bryan should be put Bryan Danielson should be put into the title picture. That's not how it works in AEW, but if we want to do it, say at full gear in two months, Kenny has enough friends to make Bryan Danielson go through the labors the of Danielson. Mm to get to Kenny and there could be a lot of great matches in there when you when you look at the people that Kenny uh, has uh, in his group including Michael Nakazawa but I think they might be doing something like that because if and you could also make sense of it by saying like if Danielson wins all those matches to put him up in the rankings where he becomes number one contender anyway just maybe Kenny setting the matches but I enjoyed this a lot and Cole was awesome yeah, I feel like um, two things. One, there is time for Daniel Bryan to win a series of matches to get himself into that position. So that's okay. Yeah. Uh, two, I feel exactly what you just said about the dynamic between Cole and Omega, I believe, is by design. And eventually, that's what we will get, is where Adam yeah. Cole and Kenny Omega come head-to-head, leader of the elite, uh, who's mm-hmm. the biggest star. Adam Cole will want that merchandise down the road at some point. Now, don't get me wrong. Hangman Page is the guy. I will say this till I'm blue in the face. He is the guy who should be taking it off, Kenny. But still, there's a lot of, you know, once Kenny loses the title, that is a ready-made feud for him, him and Adam Cole, to kind of fight over the leadership of the elite and things like that. Um, Whereas Moxley didn't have a story straight away, really. Like, he's, you know, he's just done cool shit, right? He's just having a time of his life. But um, when he lost the title, it was kind of like, oh, now what now? And that's when they pivoted to Eddie Kingston, all things that I've enjoyed, but um, he didn't have an obvious direction as a solo, whereas I think Kenny actually does have a plethora of options. Um, speaking yeah. of Moxley, Steph, to the main event, we got the rematch that we all adored from New Japan. It is John Moxley, Minoru Suzuki, Cincinnati's own uh, John Moxley, that is. And, I mean... New Japan have not had a good winning record on AEW, Steph, I would say. And I don't think anyone expected Moxley to lose 
in Cincinnati either. So what did you make of the action and the Moxley win? This was very unfortunate. Clearly someone backstage has set their clock five minutes forward, um, probably so that they're never late for anything, but then forgot to set it back while timing the show. So they bring out Minoru Suzuki, who had an amazing reaction at the pay-per-view, and everybody knew Kazunita Ray. Everybody knew the bits um, to sing along to, all the clapping. So Minoru Suzuki comes out. They cut off his entrance before the crowd get their moment, which was such a bad, whoever made that decision, that was so bad. Because then we get Moxley. Yeah, he's hometown guy and everything. His entrance was pretty long. You could have shaved a second or two off of that to give to Suzuki just to have that crowd moment with the song. And then the match was super short. This had been built up only for a couple of days, but people were so excited for it. And you know that just from the reception that Suzuki got. And Suzuki didn't really get to do his usual stuff because he needs a bit more time. It was as hard hitting as it could be uh, in the time that they got, but it was eight minutes long. And then mm-hmm. we get to the end of the show and Moxie gets the in crowd celebration. That's great. But the announcers <laughs> are like running through the car and then they start filling in time at the end being like, so yeah, Adam Cole's here. Like, and you're like, guys, you had so much time. Why did you cut off Suzuki's entrance? So I think this would have been like a pretty perfect dynamite if they had just got that timing right. That was the only downfall. Um, given these guys a cu- like a minute or two more of their match and had Suzuki get his proper entrance. Yeah, I can't I can't disagree with any of that, to be honest. Um I mean, it's it's nice and refreshing. I like it when the hometown heroes, you know, they won't yeah. do it every time, I guess, but it's nice that they get the victories. Um, Moxley is still, you know, on the strength of everything I just said before we got onto this. I do feel like they've kept him relevant well away from the title. Mm-hmm. Like um, his stories have been engaging and I love the kind of pseudo stable they have with Darby Allen and Sting and Eddie Kingston. Like I would love more of that. I really would. Yeah. Um, and Moxley is another guy who's, I don't know, he had the shot with Eddie, but he's another guy that said he'd love a real tag team run in AW. And, and I know Darby and Eddie were the two names that he kind of put forward. So all of that intrigues me. I feel like they've kept Moxley bubbling along nicely. People still see him as a massive star. Um, I think he could do with a a massive feud again. Yeah. Um, you know, he's primed for someone big now and there are the names for him to face. I think so. I think he's in a nice little Moxley universe where he is the guy that wants to call out New Japan wrestlers. Um, yeah. And I think I think that he's eventually getting his Tanahashi match, but um, I think he's going to have to go through some other New Japan guys first. I think he'll probably get Ishii next. At least I hope he does. Um, so that's what I think he's doing. He does need a big feud. He'd be a great CM Punk opponent. It doesn't matter. And Cole. Both in WWE. And, and Cole, Cole as well. Cole's a heel. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So maybe if the CM Punk feud with Team Taz doesn't last that long, perhaps he's the full gear guy. Mm, I like it. You have to imagine yeah. it was teased because they would know that the crowd would go Moxley. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of ultra chats to finish on now. Um, before we head out, uh, Don Dada, good name, says WWE management are doing themselves, the fans, and their talent a disservice. 
They spend more time trying to dismantle and build talent in their own image rather than build upon a brand. A performer has spent years trying to build. AEW are the opposite. I, I, I literally cannot disagree with any of that. Um, mm-hmm. WWE, and I, and I know from like licensing purposes sometimes, I was speaking to Rich Holland earlier this week. And he actually started as Luke Menzies in NXT UK. And I know where they're just like, oh, yeah, by the way, he's Rich Holland. And I was like, why was that? And he said, oh, they just want to be able to market the name. And I think WWE have underestimated for a long time or simply don't care that there are hardcore fans that do care about what people did before they got to WWE, that are invested in that. Yeah. Like, like, like Tay, and I know Tay Valkyrie, again, someone I interviewed who, vehemently stressed that she you know loves the name frankie manet but what else is she gonna say she should not have to be frankie manet like taya valkyrie is a big get for uh, nxt at that point it, yeah. it was so you know that's a big name to to get but then wwe are kind of obsessed with going no that's not your name um and they're gonna be even worse now because look at adam cole being able to jump um with the yeah. name CM Punk. Um, I think it's just going to make them worse. Like I, I remember interviewing Ricochet and asking him if he ever thought of having a fresh start with the new name when he got to WWE, and he was just like, "No, Ricochet is a great name. I built up that name, and he's really lucky that he got to keep that name. And if he goes, yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. I mean, that's. Just, I mean, again, like, what are they going to do? Is it going to be? Is Gable Stevenson an Olympic gold medalist? Does he not get to keep his name? Right, like, uh, where does it end, or or what are the parameters for why they do that? Uh, I don't know. Matthew Ledesma says AEW hit one point three one million. Look at that! Nice, 1. that's 1. awesome. Three one nine. That's got to be their like second biggest number ever, has it not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is. I need to. I think. So. I mean, I'm a, I'm literally going off what someone has said. No disrespect or anything. Um, I know. <laughs> but, I'm know, like, I need to go check. I need to go check the spreadsheets. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, I I need to do my research before I uh, jump into this. But um, Brandon Thurston, um, to be fair, yeah. Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics, he's never wrong. Says yeah. 1.319 viewers on average. Uh, the demo was 0.53, edging out Raw this week. In the demo, literally by three thousand, but still, yes. they beat Raw in the demo. It's the Raw second highest. The night, the number is the second highest in. I'm just going to retweet that. I can't be asked to tweet myself. Um, <laughs> they are. That's the second biggest number in AW's history. Which again, you would expect, right? Coming off these debuts and well deserved. Ah, uh, yeah, exactly. And then another good show. Hopefully, man, the momentum just keeps keeps going and going and going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, last ultra chat comes from Christopher Ely, I think. Um, does a promo like that from MJF making fun of a former meth addict sends mixed signals when Max Caster just recently got suspended for making fun of someone's mental state? MJF is getting praised and Caster got suspended. Steph, what do you think about that? I think the Max Caster one is interesting um, because he definitely went too far in what he said. But the question is, how much rope was he given? Now, when it if he's given a lot of rope, you do have to like use your own judgment. Someone should have though definitely been looking at what he was going to come out with, um, you know, to say something like that. And then watching him return this week on Dark, 
he really used his suspension to his advantage a lot. And yeah. he did this. He did a very good rap, um, basically, uh, about him getting suspended, kind of, and the crowd seemed to be on his side. But the Ma Max Castro situation is really interesting. Um, I think that he, he certainly offended people. I think maybe the difference is that the way that the MJF promo was done, I think us sitting at home can buy into that he cleared this with the Pillman family. The Pillman family were right there. So he was saying like this to their faces as mm -hmm. bad as it was. So you can you can think that they probably discussed this. Whereas Max Caster was going out on TV and speaking about someone that he doesn't know um, about their mental health in Simone Biles, who also didn't have a chance to respond because she wasn't, you know, right in front of him the way the Pillmans were. So there are similarities between them. And I guess it just depends on who cleared this backstage. MJF must have been cleared to say all this. And I don't know that Max Caster was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the addition of the rape line didn't help Max Caster yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, that, that was scrutinized heavily. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't want to like, you know, Mm, I don't. I don't want to like make a ranking of what matters more or anything like that. But I think somebody who's suffering from mental health and they're already under the scrutiny of the entire nation because of the Olympics mm -hmm. to then kind of get persecuted almost like that is just yeah. kind of taste. It's just tasteless. Whereas so I, a, I think where you know you can see that MJF is going for heat because they're right there and it's like a mm -hmm. whole thing. Whereas yeah. I think they just felt like. The other one was maybe tasteless. I, I could. I, I think uh, I think so. Like MJF, as you said, it was for heat. The people were right there. You could respond. Max Caster, that's not the same with Simone Biles. And then the 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 Duke lacrosse reference was not um not a good one to put in there. No, not at all. Uh anyway. That the hour flies by when you're having fun, mm -hmm. Steph. Thank you very much for joining thank me you. as usual on this Thursday. Uh, by the way, I heard Hooked on Wrestling went great. I heard from many yeah. people that went there. Wrestlings were there. Adam Pearson, Adam Tiagogo. Sounds like it went great. Tell us uh, a little bit about what you've done and what people should look out for this week. Yes, uh, thank you. The Hooked on Wrestling party did go really well. If you want to see some pictures and photos, check out my Instagram at Stephanie M. Chase. Um, the main thing I'll plug is if you want to know my full reviews on All Out, um, go to my YouTube channel, Stephanie Chase Wrestling, where I was joined by Nate Milton from Post Wrestling and the Kings of Sport. Uh, it was really great to have him on. We had a lengthy two-hour discussion about one of the best pay-per-views of all time. Uh, and then stay on my channel for in 90 minutes i'll be doing um aw weekly uh so that's 10 30 p.m if you're in the uk about 90 minutes away where i'll be talking more about this week's dynamite indeed uh, i see a couple of people chuck cassius one of the good eggs here saying drug addictions mental problem to go through and i think it's okay to go through like yeah i, I mean um i guess it you know it's not like oh, i don't know i, I don't want to like you know i'm not really qualified to to go yeah. into it or have an opinion so much, but you know, I don't know. It, I guess it'd be worse if they were struggling with drugs right then, and he said it, kind of thing, right? I, you know what I, I mean? Think, like, I don't know. I think the it's. I think from the company's standpoint, like it's the context, and I think when it comes to the people watching it, um, it's the context because on Twitter, people are accepting that this is MJF doing something in, in storyline. 
where Max Caster like randomly taking swipes at people. He's taken some harsh swipes at people that he was about to face. And when that happens, you kind of feel the same as with the NJF thing. Like, wow, okay, this must be, um, you know, a prearranged thing, but not with the Simone Biles and the other thing that he said, you know, but mm. yeah. Yeah, like I don't know. It'd be one thing if you're kicking someone down like mid struggle or something yeah. like, and that kind of how the other one, Simone Biles, felt. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, uh, it's 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 such a difficult one to navigate that it's really hard to kind of go, oh, but this is okay and this isn't. So I wouldn't ever yeah. want to be that person. I guess we're just trying to reason. Anyway, thank you very much to everybody who joined us today here on Wrestling Daily. We always love having you. I'm back tomorrow with True Hill Heat. Yes, SB3 hey. and the gang. It's going to be four of us here. Oh, it's wow. Gonna, I know. It's going to be lovely. The True Heat gang. I know you've been on there before, Steph. Uh, yeah, last week. Guest. Exactly, right? So mm-hmm. they are a good bunch that I'm sure you guys will enjoy getting to know. Like, subscribe to the hundred or so of you that are here right now. Give us that good loving and help the channel. But until then, thank you for watching Wrestling Daily. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.